listening to the Navishit podcast. I think at this point, it's good to just revisit why this podcast is called the Navishit. That I had spent many years training our novices, young men who were training for the priesthood, for consecrated life. And the Navishit was always the starting point. It was the place where you tried to present the grand vision, the, the destination of where you're going and how to give the basic tools to be able to get there. The great problem I often found in that work was that young men who are always very zealous would be so excited by the ideal that they would despair because they felt that it was so grand and so beautiful that they could never achieve it. And it always struck me as being such a strange contradiction that in the sight of something so beautiful, you could actually become sad. And I think at the end of a couple of episodes where I've been talking about the vision of discipleship, what does it actually mean to follow Christ? What is the beauty of the calling that's been given us? This, this calling which is so radically different to the direction that the rest of our world is going. I'm aware that there could be many listeners who have just given up at this point, who have just stopped listening because you don't actually feel like it's possible. And the more that you are, are exposed to that vision, the sadder you feel. This is actually a really important place for us to stop and just reflect on what's happening. We need to go back, I think, right to the beginning of where I tried to begin in this podcast. The fact that we, we need to start with the vision of heaven. And I was very intentional about starting the story of holiness with the story of heaven, because that is the only thing which makes sense of the journey. And it's the only thing which can motivate us to go forward. But within that... What I, was, what I was at least attempting to communicate was the central idea that this is God's work, not yours. It is God's work to make you holy. The only thing you need to do is give God the permission to do that work. There's a beautiful line in the Old Testament where God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah, and he says, come down to the house of the potter and watch me working with the clay. And, and you'll see that the clay has been damaged and spoilt and I will crush it and reshape it and reform it back into something beautiful. Now for Jeremiah, this is an image of what God is about to do with the people of Israel who have gone so far away from God, the whole culture, the worldview, everything is, is, is so different to what God intended it to be. And here is God now coming in his mercy to break them down, to reshape them, to remold them back into something beautiful and glorious. This is what the journey of holiness is. It's about giving God permission to reshape us and remold us 
but we need to always keep our vision on the promise because that's the only thing that will allow us to stay soft in the hands of the of of the master craftsman if if clay becomes hard it's unworkable whereas if we stay soft god can mold us into something beautiful so i think at this point having spoken about discipleship we need to now just take a step into understanding again how does god work with us how do we discern the presence of god doing this work in our life now there are two sides to this and it's it's very much at the, at the heart of this this is about perseverance it's about clinging to clinging to god even when it seems like god is so far away now as, as I mentioned in previous episodes, when I was talking about the way that God will work in us, that there are times where God will work externally. You know, there are, there, are, there are times where the carpenter has to use chisels and saws to shape the wood. And then there are other times where the carpenter is going to use sandpaper to polish it and refine it. And, and there, are, there are these two sides to the story where sometimes there are going to be big, horrible things happening to us and we need to stand firm. There are other times where there are more subtle things happening where we, we maybe don't even recognise what's going on. But the key thing is that in both of these, God is at work. Jesus was a carpenter for a good reason because he is shaping the rough wood into something beautiful. Now, in terms of perseverance... We, we need to recognize that there are times where we just simply have to cling on to God. Many of the saints spoke about the fact that perseverance is the, is the grace that we have to pray for every day. That if we don't have perseverance, we simply will not get to the end of the journey. As I've said previously, that, that many people start well, but very few end well. We've got to pray for perseverance. And to recognize that it is through this perseverance that God is deepening our resolve. He's strengthening us. He's doing a big work in our heart to stretch our capacity to love, even when we don't want to love. When it seems impossible to keep our hearts soft because we're being attacked on all sides. But, but, but this is the key thing. We have to keep our hearts soft and loving no matter what happens. If our hearts become hardened, the enemy wins. As long as your heart stays soft and supple, like a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone, then God wins. That's, that's how this works. But it is something of that, that hardness of our resolve and yet a softness of love. This is, this is the contradiction that, 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 we, that we walk in the Christian journey. There's a beautiful line by St. Ignatius of Antioch, who I've referred to previously. He was a bishop back around the second century, very early. He was discipled by John the Evangelist. He wrote a series of letters to different churches and different bishops around the time. In one of his letters, he's, he's writing to, to really encourage those other Christians and, and particularly the bishops at the time. And he says these words, he says, stand firm like an anvil under the hammer. 
It is like a great athlete to take blows and yet win the fight. For God's sake, above all, we must endure everything so that God in turn may endure us. Increase your zeal. Read the signs of the times. Look for him who is above all time, the timeless, the invisible, who for our sake became visible, the impassable, who became subject to suffering on our accounts and for our sake endured everything. You know, that is the word of the early church who will face sufferings greater than we can ever imagine. Stand firm and trust that God is the one who is doing this in us. Don't ever let yourself be discouraged. Now, there's another side to this, which the early church was very aware of, that there were these big conflicts and persecutions that they were experiencing externally. But there was another battle they had to fight internally. And there was a particular word they gave to this, which was the word acedia. This is not a word that we use very often in our church these days. These days, when we talk about the seven deadly sins, we speak about the sin of sloth, which we presume means laziness. But the origin of this was that this was a temptation to do anything except what I'm meant to do. That there is deep within my spirit, there is something calling me to pursue God and to pursue discipleship, to seek what is good. But because that seems too difficult or because it just seems out of reach, I distract myself with other things which are achievable. And this is where it's not just a laziness, it's, it, it is normally a busyness. You know, it's where I know I should be praying, but instead I'm going to go and clean the house. You know, it's where I know I should be reflecting on the scriptures, but I'd rather just be scrolling through Twitter or social media. We distract ourselves because we actually get discouraged. And this is where St. Thomas Aquinas describes this idea of acedia, he says that it's actually like a spiritual sadness that we know deep within ourselves of the the promise of God and and the good that, that is being laid before us. But we actually then experience it as a sadness because it feels like it's out of reach. Like we don't feel like we can actually grasp hold of that. And in that place of almost like a, a spiritual despair, we, we settle ourselves for second best. And we would rather just be sitting down watching daytime TV rather than actually pursuing the God of glory who is, who is in front of us. Now, the cure for this is that we need to just remember that God has come to us. You know, the, I think the enemy always tries to make us believe that there Holiness is like this enormous mountain that only the, the strong can climb. Whereas that is false. You know, the, the, the truth of Christianity is that heaven has come to earth. God has come to us in the incarnation. He has met us in the ordinary of our lives. And this is what we've got to remind ourselves of every day. God is with us. God is going to meet you in the ordinary so that you can pray as you are. You don't have to flee to a monastery to pray. You can pray while you're doing the ironing or when, while you're, you're cleaning the, the kitchen. God is with us. And we need to allow the truth of the fact that God became human. 
heaven came to earth. Allow that to lift our spirits that this is actually possible. You know, in some way, it kind of brings us back to that quote of Ignatius of Antioch. You know, to remember that God, who is timeless, invisible, but for our sake became visible. He became subject to suffering on our account and for the sake of, and for our sake, he endured everything. Allow that to lift our spirits, that, that God is with you. Never despair, never lose hope. Never feel like this is only for the elite or the truly strong. But trust that God comes to us. And I think maybe a final word in terms of perseverance is the image of St. Therese Lisieux. Therese, who was a young woman who was physically weak after many years of illness, and she knew that she could not climb the great mountain of spirituality, but she knew that God had come to her. And so her whole spirituality was built around this idea that God had to do this in her. She would not despair. She would not lose hope. She would not distract herself. But she would cry out and say, God, this is your problem, not mine. If you want me to become a saint, if you want me to change, if you want this clay to be shaped into something beautiful, you have to do it. That is simply, I think, the secret of holiness. Never despair, never give up. Persevere, no matter what the carpenter is doing to purify you and, and heal you and shape you into something beautiful. Trust at every moment that he's with you.